Get ready for playoffs. Yes. Playoffs. Okay, we're going to have a chat with Jack Michaels. Morty Scott has joined me in the studio here, so he's going to jump in on this as well. Good morning, Jack. How are you? It's clinching day. It's uh, not clinching day. Officially not, wrap it up tonight. Not clinching day. Clinching day, huh? Yes, absolutely. This is, uh, you know, this is what Edmontonians have, have waited for for five years. Because remember, the last two years, the Oilers in the playoffs, no fans, unfortunately. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, this is we've been waiting. What we would call a real playoff appearance with real fans, and Edmonton has a chance to seal the deal tonight. As a result of Vancouver losing last night, and you know they're. I'll tell you what, you're hosting a ton of people. Uh, you could be hosting a very similar type of game about six weeks from now, and I think the other fans would take that right now. If, yeah. I'm not in the prediction business, Daryl. But, <laughs> but when you look at when you look at the data, when you look at how the teams are playing right now, yeah. I honestly believe we will see this matchup again. And I don't um, need to say what that means. Yeah, no, that'd be very cool. That means you get past L.A. likely in the first. Is this clinch night for a playoff spot or clinch night for second place in the Pacific? It's only no for one of them at this spot. point. L- L.A. Just, won yeah. last night, so L.A. is hanging around. But the Oilers still have a two-point lead there and two games in hand. So, you know, they, they're they really in the driver's seat. I also, uh, I'm not 100% sure, but they might have the tiebreaker there, too, yeah. in terms of... Uh, regulation wins but bottom line is you can't wrap up home ice tonight but that's obviously a factor as well and uh, you know if the Oilers you know take care of business tonight they're one step closer to securing that and quite frankly that's important as well because the last time there were fans involved uh and the Oilers had home ice in the first round they won they did not have home ice in the second round and they lost in game seven so I think it's it's safe to say that uh, it still does matter. It may not appear that on the surface, uh, you know, with, with with last year's result. But again, yeah. that was no fans. Jack, uh, Daryl and I, uh, we'll get back to the hockey game in a second. Daryl and I were just, uh, were just wondering if you're old enough to have any vivid memories of, of Guy Lafleur, who uh, passed away this morning at the age of 70 in Montreal. Hockey Hall of Famer, great player. What's, what's your recollection and, and your memories of Guy Lafleur? Well, I think hockey for for three decades, I think you could say definitively you had a player of the decade. I think in the 90s, even though Gretzky had a very strong run at the beginning of the decade, I, I think ultimately the 90s is probably Mario Lemieux. The 80s, unquestionably Wayne Gretzky. And I think just as emphatically in the 1970s, the player of that decade for me, is Guy Lafleur. The goaltender is probably Ken Dryden, but the player of the decade, uh, without a doubt, is Guy Lafleur. I mean, you know, I think he had five consecutive seasons of at least 119, 125 points, six years in a row where he scored 50 goals, uh, you know, three, three, three scoring titles, two MVPs, a Conn Smythe. I mean, he did it all, yeah. and he was on that Canadian's juggernaut where he had, you know, it wasn't easy to win awards because you had guys like Steve Shutt and Ken Dryden, and, I mean, the list goes on. I mean, that was a juggernaut, Larry Robinson. I mean, there were guys you had to beat out to win those awards on your own team, let alone the rest of the league. And I think what captured everyone's imagination, uh, especially in a certain part of the country, was the the certain panache he played with. I, yeah. I, you know, I, I think 
many of the attributes that you hear regarding Jean Beliveau, I think, would extend to, to Guy Lafleur. He played the game with a certain style. We all remember the blonde mane flowing mm. behind him. And he scored arguably the biggest goal in the history of the Montreal Canadiens. And, and that was the one that took advantage of the too many men on the ice penalty against Don Cherry's Boston Bruins. Uh, that enabled Montreal to extend its run of four Stanley Cup championships to four. So, I mean, for me, that's the biggest goal in the history of the Montreal Canadiens, and you're talking about the most storied franchise in Canada's sports. So a guy who, who you know, did everything in the right moments, uh, did it in a certain way, and did it for an extended period of time. It all adds up to one of probably the 20 greatest players in the history of the league. And I think only him and Mario Lemieux were in the Hall of Fame and then came back and played, right? Yeah, I, I think you're right. <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that, but you're. But I think you're right. Yeah. That, well, that I forgot about he that, does too. Have, he does have that distinction as well. And, and you know, again, I think, uh, I think there was a guy who – who initially, at least, I mean, the other the other parallel that can be drawn morally, and you're right, he did come back. But initially, at least, that was a guy very much like Jim Brown, where you know he quit at he quit at the peak. I think he got off to a kind of a poor start in '84, '85, yeah. and and shut it down and didn't come back for four or five years. After which he had he had already been enshrined. But he was the guy who initially did have the common sense to realize, you know what, I I, I want to go out on top. He, he couldn't resist coming back, unlike the great Jim Brown, the football yeah. running back. But, yeah, I mean, just so much charisma, so much style, yep. and obviously so much game. I mean, anyone who, you know, that that's a guy that, again, you know, when you get, when you get Wayne Gretzky talking about the game's greats, uh, you know, and and Wayne mentioned some very early on on his list. Well, that's that who he grew up with, to too. Know. That's who he gets. So that's his hero. That's who he got to grow up with and watch and want to emulate or do better than, etc. Well, he, so, and, he and Gordy Howe, but yeah. yeah I mean, and Gordy Howe, but he still would have looked I, up I, to I him. guess the point I'm making is, you know, it, and when, you, when you're privileged to have a conversation or two and the yeah. game's greatest brings up that guy, you know, you know the good. reverence within the game in which he's held. Let's get back to the orders here for a little bit. They have the game against Colorado tonight. Do you think that the orders have learned, the, or at least this version, have learned the lesson about playing the right way to go into the playoffs with a certain mindset because it is entirely different between regular season and playoffs? Do you think they've learned what they need to understand to be successful in this playoff run? Well, I think they've learned how to play the right way over the last, you know, 30 games that Jay Woodcroft has been head coach. I mean, Jay Woodcroft has come in and significantly improved the team's five-on-five game. He has brought about more commonly victories when, you know, Dreisaitl and McDavid aren't necessarily all over the score sheet. Uh, they've they've posted back-to-back 4 nothing shutouts in recent days over teams heading to the postseason or, or right on the cusp of yeah. contention, desperate teams that, you know, needed wins. I, I think in the last 20 games, Daryl, you've seen a club that's playing, you know, right at the top of the very best teams in the NHL right now. now and I think looking more. ahead to how you do have to play and, and not getting overwhelmed by regular season, but looking at what they're building toward a playoff. Well, and there you go, Daryl. I mean, I, I, again, I, I look at it 
that the power play has not carried him in the last 20 games. Yes, they they have gotten good goaltending. I will say that. They've got goaltending that, you know, that may be a little bit better than what they can reasonably expect in the postseason. But uh, again, I look at I look at for example, a you know, a four nothing victory over Vegas where McDavid and Dreisaitl don't even have a point and and they win pretty convincingly against the team that absolutely had to have that game. Uh, they're getting some secondary scoring. Their right side, in fact, uh, heading into heading into, I think it was Wednesday night, guys. The previous five games, the only winger who had scored was Warren Fogle, and then four different wingers scored in Wednesday's victory over the Dallas Stars. So what I'm saying is, every time you think, all right, well, this needs to come alive, it does. The penalty kill is on a is on a real solid tear, and Daryl, you know as well as I do, special teams are key. The power play carried Edmonton earlier in the season. The five-on-five play has straightened out, and now the penalty kill has been the best in the league over the last 13 or 14 games. So it seems like when you talk about building something, it seems like every phase of the game that needed shoring up, so to speak, has has done that. And, and, and the areas in which Edmonton struggled for times yeah. or lapses seem to as soon as you point it out it seems to get fixed and so that to me uh you know speaks to a club that's starting to round out the corners of the game so to speak but again you're right to point out it's it's great to do this in the regular season i think most of the Edmonton core would tell you their season will be defined on what they do in May and June. The biggest and most important turnaround has been in net. I mean, go back two months to, to where Mike Smith was. Nobody outside of the organization expected to see Mike Smith then doing what he's doing now. Well, not at the age of 40. And yeah. he's played he's played unreal hockey. I mean, he's won seven in a row. I think in the last six, he's played to a save percentage of 97. And that's what I mean. You know, the goaltending is the one area where you're like, well, it's going to be hard to duplicate a 970 save percentage in the postseason. Having said that, they're, they're winning these games, you know, 4 nothing, 4 nothing, 5-2, 6-1. So, in other words, they're getting great goaltending, but they're not necessarily needing the, you know, otherworldly goaltending that Mike Smith's giving them right now. But uh, it's still a good sign, right? Yeah, instead of steals. that's all you can ask for i think i think what to daryl's point is all you can ask for is a club that seems to be peaking just in time for the playoffs that's what you want you don't want necessarily this stretch of hockey to come in march and then you limp in with a struggling april the oilers have been very good in march and very good in april they're coming to the wire like a thoroughbred and here's why you know that home ice i was talking about also, I mean, they haven't lost a game in regulation at home in seven weeks. They're 11 0 and 1 in their last 12 at Rogers Place. So, in my mind, home ice may not matter to some other teams in the National Hockey League. It matters to Edmonton. They've been dominant. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think French fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. 
<laughs> For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.